Welcome to It's All Her, the podcast for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler, and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to itsallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Behind Her Brand. I'm coming to you from my hotel room from Sydney because we have our third live show for the year. This weekend at Sydney's One Fine Baby Expo. The expo is on all weekend, Saturday and Sunday at the Horden Pavilion, but you can catch It's All Her live on stage at 11.30am with the beautiful Tahina McManus, Jen from What Baby and stunning artist and designer Fleur Harris. Tickets are free just by registering through One Fine Baby. I will have all of the links in the show notes. So with all that being said, I thought, what better time to sit down with the founder of One Fine Collective, Nadine Richards. Now, Nadine is not only the founder, but she is the CEO of One Fine Collective, a multi-million dollar global marketing platform leader in the wedding and baby industry. Their events are spectacular. So ahead of the first baby expo in Sydney this weekend, I caught up with Nadine to hear how she's built this incredible business and how she led her team through the pandemic. Here's my chat with Nadine Richards. Nadine, thanks so much for joining us on Behind Her Brand this week. You are the CEO of One Fine Collective. How has the year started off for you? Thanks, Jordi. I'm so happy to be here. The year has started off with a bang. Like we have just gone out of the gates like crazy. The team's working really hard. We've got all our events just about to happen. So we have like a four month period where it's a bit quiet um, in terms of no events physically. But yeah, mm-hmm. we've just been going, uh, you know, getting everything in plan. We are so super organized. It's it's a good feeling. We're feeling really pumped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So obviously One Fine Collective, you have One Fine Baby and then you have One Fine Day which is wedding expos yep where did the inspiration come from for the venture um well I guess I've always been very business-minded so I qualified as chartered accountant with KPMG many moons ago um, I traveled the world I worked in Dublin London Hong Kong all sorts of places um, but something in me just didn't feel right like I was very business-minded but I remember I was I think I was working for Reuters and I there was this older lady a manager and she I was what 24 25 and I'd be at home, I'd be at work and she would still be there later than me. And I knew she had kids and I just had this moment, I'll never forget it. And it was around the GFC hitting. Mm. And um, I just thought, I don't want to be like her. So I had a quick break. I knew I loved photography. Um, So I was in London, far enough away from my parents because they were like, you have to have a degree. You have to have, you know, do something, be an accountant lawyer. And I did this diploma of photography and I came back to Australia with no job, but I had a diploma of photography. So I started a weddings business called Photography by Nadine. Don't Google that because it's turned into a porn site. Um, So that is like a big lesson. Do never let your websites expire, even if you shut down the business. Um, 
someone will grab it and turn it into yeah. something naughty. Um, and then, yeah, so obviously I was in the wedding space and the expos, like I just needed to market and the expos were awful. They were literally, you know, those sterile, really salesy. There was no color, color, no life, none of that. So we just thought, well, we need to, I guess one fine day was created by that because yeah. there was nothing in the industry to bring, you know, because I was friends with wedding stylists, photographers, um, cake, everyone, and no one had anywhere to go to meet their ideal client and yeah. also have a bit of fun and stylish. And it was the start of Instagram. So that's where One Fine Day was born. Um, yeah. We expected maybe a couple of hundred people to come to the event. It was at Sun Studios at the time and about 1,500 people turned up with we, we little queues down the street. It was amazing. That so that's where One Fine Day was born, yeah. Yeah. So just touching on Instagram, you mentioned before it was sort of the dawn of social media. Yeah. Your event last year in Melbourne and Sydney where we had our live shows, every corner you turn is Instagrammable. Like there's some sort of activation or it's just so beautiful. Yeah. How much does that play into your planning with the events how much social media do you have in mind when you're planning these events everything we do at one fine collective um, is to go to our core values and celebrate life Um, and I guess Instagram was really at the core of our turning point everyone understood that Instagram was visual and so it's just an easy reference Mm. you know make it Instagrammable um, and so when I educate my team and all the vendors to be different and stand out, you want to be Instagrammable. And it's just such a, it's, it's, it's an easy way to educate and visualize. Yeah. Um, and I guess everything, so that kind of built on One Fine Collective. So our core values to celebrate life. Um, we do it in everything you see the way we work with our vendors, the content we create. Our vision is to be the trusted source at life's major milestones, um, yeah. being in the weddings and babies. And we just we just want to make life easier for parents or anyone planning a wedding or event. So our goal is to make it easier for you guys and to be the trusted source. So if anything, you have any questions about weddings or babies or anything, parenting, mm-hmm. you know that One Fine Collective can look after you, whether it be online, whether it be our events. And we just want ultimately people to come to our events and celebrate that point in their life. So whether if they're having a baby, they bring their partner, they bring their mum. It's an exciting adventure. Yeah. And same with weddings. So that's all I want. If any anything is to remember me by is that I've celebrated life. Um, and that's when you walk into an event, it touches all the five senses. Um, yeah. There's music, there's colour, there's Instagrammable moments. You capture, you make memories. And um, if, if I can do that and people can do business in that as well so mm. the vendors enjoy what they're doing, well, then then I'm happy. And tell me about breaking into the industry in New York. That is yeah, just, that like, mind-blowing, incredible. Yeah, that was amazing. So uh, I guess... Another business tip I've always thought about is you, you you can't have a business idea that's successful without understanding the industry and being really in-depth, especially when you're not based in that location. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, in Sydney and you want to start a business in Melbourne, you must go and live there or you must have a base there or something like that. And with New York, obviously it was so far away, but it was like the epicenter of weddings, you know, with all the 
those wedding shows and, you know, um, what's it called? The Save My Dress or... Um, Say Yes to the Dress. Say Yes to the Dress. That that's the one. <laughs> and so I was like, what is going on over there? Because New York's supposed to be the epicentre of weddings and those dresses are not, like, very stylish. They're both yeah. So we went over and there was this massive, massive show that just went on. You could not see the end of it. And it was just big, puffy dresses. And I know the wedding style here in Australia is very on trend it's beautiful like just think of all of our designers they're completely different there's no big frou-frou here um and then so we went to New York Bridal Fashion Week and everyone was in hotels all the nice designers were in hotels so you were literally stuck in traffic going around to every um hotel you were late you were turning up and they were literally in hotels with you know you could see their beds not made in the corner um, they might have a cheese plate out that's been out all day. And so you walk into a room, it's like, oh, God. And these were like high-end designers with nowhere to go. So they didn't mm. want to go to the piers because that was just big and puffy. And so I guess the concept was born because I wanted to find something really easy for everyone just to come to one amazing show. I already did shows in Australia. I knew how to do it. So why not just have a beautiful experience that's clean, that's Instagrammable, yet yeah, same core values, Um and, but it was a trade show, so it's, it's B2B. Um, and so all the buyers from all around the world go to New York Bridal Fashion Week to buy their wear, dress wares for their um, their own boutiques. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had all these Australian designers not knowing what to do, so we just said, just turn up with your dresses and we'll do the rest because, you know, when you start buying furniture and um, styling flowers and stuff, there's all these delivery fees and you don't know where to go. And you, it's very hard from an outside perspective to make it in New York. So, yeah, um, yeah, we went back and forth a few years until we really understood the market and then launched the show. And now we're 100% the number one show in um, New York Bridal Fashion Week. Yeah, incredible. So on a smaller scale, just say that there's a woman here with a business and she's trying to launch interstate perhaps, what would be some of your advice for those women who are, who are maybe trying to break into a new market or a new location? I think you need to get face-to-face with the customers that are in that location. Mm-hmm. So if you can do expos or things like that or do surveys that are based in Melbourne, do competitions that are Melbourne-based and get really great information, find out where they shop, where they look, um, what they do, where they go on the weekends, just because you really need to understand that core audience and maybe partner with influencers in that region, um, uh, reach out to make friends on Instagram, business, yeah. like because everyone loves helping each other, um, yeah. especially if you're based in that industry. Um, but, yeah, I think understanding a core customer, doing a competition that's based in that area and do a survey as part of the competition or something, maybe just get some real, you never know what you're going to find out. And, yeah. And customers love to help, so maybe that's a good idea. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the impact of COVID because obviously expos are all about face-to-face and COVID wiped that out. Now you lost six figures overnight, which I can't even imagine how awful that must have been. You know, you're not just a business owner, you're a mum, you're a wife, you've got obviously bills to pay and, and staff to pay. Can you talk us through a little bit about where your headspace was in that time and and how you got through that? 
Uh, yeah, no, it was awful. Uh, I think I'm still like dealing with the trauma that I went through with that. But the good news is we survived and we came out thriving. Yeah. So that's a good story. But yeah, there is so much that's packed up in that. Um, but yeah, I'll never forget 13th of March. 2020 we and we were due to fly out in a couple of days to the London and New York shows and we had paid everything up front and we'd received all the money from our vendors and it was like a yeah lost six figures overnight and the only thing I think that got us through was the um, loyalty from some of our key vendors and they just didn't ask for their money back because our venues weren't giving our money out all the you know and so we were in this hole of we've received all this revenue up front for a show that we weren't going to be able to execute um and then you would wake up one morning and then twenty thousand dollars was taken out of your account because they could just take it from credit card so anything that was paid by a credit card they could I was free falling like just scrambling uh, mm. as everyone was and no one yeah. knew what to do. There's so many lessons in COVID and the way people treated each other and, and things like that. Um, but I'll know that at least I know in my heart that I did the right thing by everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think any business that did had more chance to survive because, mm. yeah, there's, there were lots of fun things going on. But, yeah, so I think I essentially survived through not giving up yeah um and keeping my girls in jobs um mm-hmm. which I was really proud to have achieved because it's personal like we're I don't like the word founding it's a bit blah, but we like we are because we know each other so well small businesses yeah. are you know that's so intimate and so yeah. emotional um so yeah it, it was yeah not tough but I think loyalty was what got me through and I'll never forget the vendors and they're still with me to this day and they know who they are. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about leadership because obviously leadership was very important through that time. But in any business, you know, we need good leaders. Something that I said to your your girls at the Sydney show was I was just in awe of how calm you were and I don't even know if this is the right thing to say, but you wouldn't have known that you were the boss because you just seemed so, you were so approachable. They were talking to you in a really calm way. Like there wasn't any sort of, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that is a compliment because. (laughs) No, I I like that. That's what I like. Yeah. I don't like to be seen as, yeah. Yeah. Like there was, there was no difference in, in, in the way that, they were speaking between each other and then versus how they would speak with you, like That's you so were really funny. approachable. <laughs> <laughs> they made me get me coffee. Olivia made me get coffee yesterday. I was like, who do you think I am? But, yes, I'll go get you coffee. Um, but no, I thought, I think, and I yeah. said to them as well, I was like, Nadine is is an amazing leader and they all sang your praises and, and said, oh, that's nice. you know, that you're like a friend as well. How do you create that sort of a relationship? And I guess how then do you have those tough discussions if they're needed, if you are sort of seen as a friend and as one of the it's group? It's so hard. It's so hard, Jordy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I always leave with, you know, I want to treat others how I'd like to be treated. Um, and like, for example, work from home recently, we're back in the office and I hate being at home on a one day 
I, I love being at home on a Monday and a Friday. So I hate that Sunday feeling and thinking, oh, I have to get up for work the next day. And I love, you know, Friday just being a bit more relaxed and, yeah. you know, able to skip off early or go see my kids at the end of the day. Um, so I think treating each other how you'd like to be treated. I don't want my girls to work in the office if I'm not working in the office. So, yeah. So any decision like that, I always think, how do I, how do I like it? And then I'll treat my staff how I'd like to work in an organisation. Mm. Um, I guess with the whole when you're having tough conversations, I have real issues with conflict. <laughs> it's probably another thing I need to get help with. Um, but I tend to there's I use a few words like um, an old friend of mine said, you know, um, when you say something, um, just tack on, you know, said, said with love, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then lead into or you know the stories I I went to Brene Brown um Mm. once she was amazing and she said you know whenever you want to approach a difficult situation tell yourself the stories I'm telling myself in my head is you're feeling this or or the you know and and then it's like it it gives you an entry point into having a tough conversation because I'm not good with conflict as I said but yeah um and just being upfront and as honest as possible. And we're all women. We have, you know, raging hormones now and again. I yeah. get it. We're all so you just have to treat each other as respect, I think. But um, yeah. How does that play into your hiring process when you're looking for new, you know, people to join the team? How do you go about trying to find the right fit culturally? Well, it's like if I could see myself having a margarita with them in New York after traveling for 24 hours, I'm pretty sure I could we could work things out. I just look for yeah. someone that's like doesn't take life too seriously, loves to celebrate life. Um, yeah, just someone I think I can see myself getting along with that I want to because we travel so much and we spend mm. so much time with each other. I, I want to respect them and enjoy working with them as well yeah. don't want someone too serious but with the boys that like we've got um a, de- a developer on staff and hired a pay a digital marketer who's a guide now too so you know it's all not all female but mm-hmm. um yeah there's a definite balance you just got to roll with it and appreciate yeah. not not everyone's in a great mood all the time and if you're not just you know put your headphones in and focus and get through it but yes um communication is key so anytime nip it in the bud straight away don't let it fester yeah now tell me about totty because you launched this side project as if you weren't already busy enough totty is a, a a nappy backpack yeah, it's like, well, I see, I think it's a mum bag now. I thought like it started with a nappy bag, but now it's just for anyone that loves to be organised mm. and usually mums are the ones that need to be organised and obviously that's my demographic, so that's an easier one for me to market to. Um, but it's just, it's got 14 pockets, it's got this amazing one that's um, I use, like my kids are older, so it's not, yeah, so it's not ultimately for a newborn baby bag, but mm. um, it's a great travel bag, it's, um, it's turned into my everyday bag. We all use it for work. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's because I gave it to them for free or not, but they still use it every day and have been doing so for like six months. Yeah. Um, and it's just got every pocket you need in that one down the bottom where it's um, yes. waterproof and you can just put your wet stuff or I put my kids' soccer boots and just 
Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and But ultimately that was me trying to understand from a vendor's perspective um, how they tuned into our marketing and our shop and um, how difficult it was uh, mm-hmm. to onboard. Um, I could see like all the traffic coming from One Fine Baby, so I knew One Fine Baby was working. Um, and it's just grown, it's evolving um, from there. And we've got some new things coming in just aimed at that organized person wanting to yeah. keep everything in the one spot um, in a bit of style and also got, looking after your back. <laughs> yeah, it got me through five weeks traveling the UK. With oh, our, did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, so I can personally say it is a fantastic bag. And you're right, just like little things that you don't think about, like that waterproof um, compartment. Talk me through the product development phase. Obviously, that must have been a whole new ball game for you what were some of the challenges that came up with that um so many challenges but a lot of the stock delay I stuffed up massively um with uh Black Friday last year I had not enough stock stock and then the whole Chinese New Year thing oh my god yeah that is huge you must order at the beginning of December otherwise you'll still it's now April and still waiting for my stock. Um, so that, that was a huge one. Uh, and just being really specific with um, instructions. I had plenty of stuff ups that were quite costly, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not easy. Mm. If it was, everyone would be doing it, but. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I just used Alibaba to start with. Yeah. Um, and then found good connections there and just tested, got heaps of samples in, and then, yeah, made it my own from there. Mm. So tell me what is next for One Fine Collective. Obviously, we're well and truly back from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You've got your One Fine Baby shows coming up in April and May, which I'm excited to be a part of. I know. What so else is, is coming up for One Fine Collective? What do we have coming up? I don't know what we have coming up. We just have all our events coming up, which is finally so exciting to have. And we just can't wait to see everyone. We're turning up more. Our content's um, going nuts online. We've got 25 million people coming to our site this year. Like it just the online space is growing astronomically. We want to do podcasts. We want to create an amazing community on Facebook. And, yeah, it's just it's really exciting in the parenting and also the weddings are coming back they're coming alive Mm. um and yeah we've got a really good feeling from all of our vendors and businesses alike that um, we can withstand the storm that's coming that everyone's talking about you know uh, I think Australia will be okay um and I think we'll just live in our bubble and get through and just have a great year ahead and um, continue to celebrate life at these major milestones yeah now at it's all her we're all about making life simpler and better for women as a CEO, a mother, a wife, you know, you're juggling a lot. How do you make your life simpler and better? Well, this is my number one thing that I've, one of my good friends did and I was so inspired by her. I didn't get it at the time. She said, um, she started, I think it was at the end of a night, we were having a few drinks. She just started water and she's like, I'm looking after my future self, Nadine, my future self. Ugh. Like, what are you talking about, your future self? Like, well, if I have the water now, I'll wake up without a hangover. And I'm like, right, but I just want another margarita or whatever. I was yeah. um, and then I started talking to her about it. I was like, that is 
So true. So the biggest thing that I've done recently is looking after my future self. Mm -hmm. And that comes into the night before packing the lunches, laying everything out, um, doing subscription orders for dinners. I order a lot of um, pre-made meals from Dietlicious so I don't even have to think of what I make myself at dinner sometimes. I've got a couple of work dresses I do on rotate. Um, I, you know, get keratin because my hair's frizzy so I don't have to, like, think about my hair. Um, there's so many things that, you know, I get the cleaning done before and after school care is locked in, like just looking after your future self so that when you're in the thick of it and your cup is not full, at least you can um, have some way of filling it up somehow. So you can, you know, keep continuing and looking after the kids, looking after your staff, looking after your husband or partners or family or friends, you know, as us women do everything. So I think looking after your future self, if you can get into that mindset the day before, it will change your life. It's certainly changed mine. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Nadine, for jumping on. And I will have everything linked in the show notes and we will see you at One Fine Baby. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you, Geordie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Behind Her Brand by It's All Her. Don't forget, if you've loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. Share it with a friend and I will speak to you soon.